Hi friends, welcome to the Relationship 411 podcast. I'm Jennifer, a certified life coach that specializes in relationships. I'm a mom of four awesome kids, a podcaster, world traveler, Netflix watcher, yoga doer, fashion merchandiser, and an Instagrammer. I want to help you with your relationships, mainly your relationship with yourself, your family, and God. Thanks for listening and letting me share the tools I have learned that can help you in this journey we call life. Hey friends, I'm so excited to be here today. And today I have a very special guest, one that I love very, very much. And that's my daughter, one of my daughters, Megan. And she recently became my roommate again. She moved back into our home and um, she had lived away for like four years. And so um, we were just talking. She's like, hey, I'll come on your podcast. So I'm super excited to have her. A little bit about Megan. She's 22. She recently graduated from the University of Utah. Um, she loves fashion. And her and I used to work together at Ever Eve, a clothing store um, in Salt Lake City at City Creek. And that was super fun. She recently has quit that job. And I still work there, but um, but now I get to see her every day, all day. And I'm super excited about that. Megan is an amazing cook, and she's an amazing sister. And she's always willing and wanting to help in any way she can. Um, I was gone a lot last week, and um, she knew that I had wanted some new perfume. And she's the best gift giver. And so she bought me a bottle of perfume. And the best thing about the bottle of perfume is her and I went and saw the movie Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And it's an excellent movie. I definitely recommend it. And it talks about her kind of re like living her dream, her purpose. And it's kind of what I'm doing right now. And she went to France. And to have a Dior, custom Dior um, dress made, that was her um, desire. And so Megan bought me a bottle of Christian Dior perfume. And so it just was, that's just what kind of person Megan is. Very thoughtful. She's the best cupcake and dessert and all the things. She makes everything amazing all the time. And so I'm super excited. And so Megan and I are going to talk about the relationship with parents and adult children. Not that anyone ever has an issue with that. (laughs) However, I even today on a coaching call, this poor woman with her daughter for seven years has had all this stress and rejection and just so much drama in her relationship with her daughter. And she couldn't see she was causing all of that pain for herself she really wanted her daughter to change. And I think in our minds, we think, oh, if our kids would be different, then we could be happy. But what I want to show you is that you need to be happy regardless of how your kids are acting or behaving or what they're doing or saying. So we just picked up some topics that are probably like probably hot topics right now in the world and in our church. And we just are going to talk about those. So I'm just going to ask Megan. Is Megan, is there anything you want to add about you? No, but I think you said everything. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the first one we're going to discuss is modesty. So I had two daughters. And when they were growing up, I was really particular on let's dress our girls modest. I liked them to wear um, shorts under their dresses and shirts under their 
like if they had a sleeveless dress. And, and I just thought, I thought, oh, I was just being such a great mom by doing that. Like that was a thing that I thought was important. And now I think I've had a switch. Like in my opinion, like when your bum hangs out of your shorts, it's not attractive. But some girls love that and want that to be a thing. So sometimes as parents, what we think is okay and appropriate is not necessarily who they want to be. And also the framing around, like, we need to dress modestly so boys won't look at you and have bad thoughts about you. And that's the wrong way to send a message about being modest. Like, that that's not what we meant. But it's kind of what has been happening. So, Megan, tell me your thoughts about modesty and what you wish people would understand. Um, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> about modesty, so try to explain it in a good way um I feel like modesty culture I feel like it does come from a good place I just feel like it's just really evolved into something and it does not send good messages to your girls and your boys and I feel like it's just another way to control young girls and women. And as parents, it's a way for parents to control them, right? As parents, but also, I mean, like your parents dress you as a kid, but also in schools, mm -hmm. because I mean, you can get dress coded at school. It's mostly girls. I cannot remember one time a boy getting dress coded. So I feel like it just is like a societal problem. Anyway. Can, um, like what, what are some of the problems that you see with that? Well, I feel like teaching girls from a young age, then just through your whole life to dress a certain way so boys don't look at you a certain way and, you know, and like, again, that's coming from a good place because it's like you don't want anything to happen. To your kids, so you're thinking, if I cover them up, boys aren't going to think anything about them and they're not going to do anything and stuff like that. But it creates the mindset that, like, your body needs to be covered up. And just growing up with <laughs> having a mom that always made sure I was, like, completely covered every time I went out of the house. And then talking with my friends. They also had moms similar to that. And then we talk about now and like lots of my friends, they're married or in like long-term relationships. So how hard it is for them to like, you know, all of a sudden you're told your whole life to be covered up and then one day you're going to be with someone. And yeah. And get naked. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you're, stay dressed, now get naked and feel good about your body. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like it's just a subconscious way of telling girls that they, your body needs to be covered. No one wants to see your body. And then, you know, what happens when you do wear a tank top to school? And I mean, the boys then, the boys their whole lives never seen like a woman's body ever so it's like what happens to their mind that they've been trained to like objectify these girls when really it's just your body right yeah no I, th I mean it's such a fascinating thing to think about and I think we definitely 
my mindset for sure has changed over the years, right? I'm much more open, right? Yes. Do you agree? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's good. But as parent, like, we need to, like, think, like, now, why are we doing that? What's the purpose? And what are we really trying to teach our kids and our boys and our girls, right? Yes. So do you have any other suggestions or things that we could do to help with this? I mean, I feel like if you're worried about, like, oh, but, like, I don't want my kids, like, I want them to be dressed appropriately for certain occasions and to present themselves to the world because first impressions obviously matter, but there's different ways of going about that Mm -hmm. than... Yeah, maybe going more into the why, why we're doing this, why we think you should dress this way at school, but going to the swimming pool, heaven forbid anyone wear a bikini, like, I mean, probably the best your body is ever going to look is in high school or, you know, I mean, it's not when you're 50 for sure. (laughs) Anyways, and maybe it is, maybe, hey, I'm working on it. So, (laughs) but uh, it is true. Like, we just need to be more mindful of the why and not be like, oh, so guys aren't going to look at you. And what's wrong with that, right? Yeah, because, well, again, it's not going to be my problem. I can't control if someone looks at me. And, like, honestly, like, I mean, just as an adult living in Salt Lake, like, I could be walking to the grocery store in sweatpants and I've had guys approach me. You know, when when you're, when, again, I've been taught, like, nothing's going to happen to you if you're fully covered, like, you that's know, absolutely false. Yeah. That's totally true. I know people think, like, if I'm walking around in my swimsuit, that's what's going to happen. But it's just really not the case. And I feel like it's important just to teach, especially boys and girls, but especially girls, just to be confident with their body because it's just going to help them in every aspect of their lives. And I feel like it's also teaching to, like, really hyper focus on your appearance like I remember being really annoyed maybe in high school and as a young adult just talking to girls and just struggling to make friends because I'm like oh my gosh all we can talk about is how we look and boys and it's all anyone ever asks you or you know people come up to you and just have to comment how cute you are or something and I feel like that plays a role in since we're always taught to like, you know, dress modest and it's just a way to like care about your appearance, like make sure you look a certain way when really like we should be trying to get to know people for who they are and just not judging someone. Like we don't know why someone's dressed the way they are and it doesn't really matter if they're wearing a mini skirt or have two piercings. Um, I remember last summer I got a second piercing, and luckily my mom doesn't care, but I know lots of friends came up to me like, I would just, I want a second piercing so bad. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're an adult, like, just go get one. You know, like, you can pay for it, like, why aren't you, and they're just like, like, the thought of having to go home to their mom, like, right, and to see that. Or just really just anyone, like, they're like, oh, but, like, could if I, or I've talked to people, they're like, I just take mine out for church. I'm like, why do you take it out for church? Like, 
you should be comfortable and just always having the thought of, you know, looking a certain way when we really shouldn't care about how people look and how they present themselves. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, it's such a good conversation. And to figure out the why, if that's you and you're like, want to do something, but you're so, you have this shame and worry about what your mom's going to think. And as a mom, if that is the kind of mom or dad that you are, maybe looking at yourself and like, okay, like maybe we need to have a better understanding and a boundary with our kids to help them know we're going to love them no matter what, right? So that was a good way to go into our next kind of question. So the thing, Megan, uh, we've been talking about, like, whenever she goes to church or like a family reunion, the first question people ask, do you have a boyfriend? Are you dating anyone? Are you married? All these questions. And so tell us about that. Like, what part of that just drives you nuts? Maybe all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably all of it. Um I mean, I understand their normal questions. I realize it's some of me just being, I don't right. know. Well, cynical. I think a lot of people have an issue with this. And I think as adults, and whether you're talking to your children or just other young adults, maybe try to think of better questions. And I think better questions are questions about the actual person instead of outside sources. Because you can't control, I mean, you can if you have a boyfriend or, but that's like, that's like a big thing to ask. Like maybe ask like, hey, what's your favorite Netflix show you're watching these days? What book are you reading if you like to read books? What are some other questions you wish people would ask you? I don't know. I feel like it depends. I mean, lots of people know I like to bake. Mm -hmm. So asking yeah. me if I've baked recently Really just anything. <laughs> right. Anything besides like, okay, what did you get your degree in and what are you doing? What's your future look like? And for someone that's in their 20s, that's a really overwhelming question, especially if they don't know. And I guarantee if that young adult has a boyfriend, you will be the first to know. They are going to be showing you a picture and um, they'll be super excited about it. So maybe instead ask questions that are about the person themselves. Like, oh, what's your favorite hobby? Have you traveled anywhere interesting lately? Or, you know, just questions like that, just about them instead of um, their job. Because really, nobody, well, not a lot of people love to talk about their job. Some people love to talk about their job, but sometimes those are just heavier questions. What do you think, Meg? Yeah, I feel like I would just encourage older adults I guess anyone that's just not in their 20s just to think like back when you were in your 20s because me like I was going to college maybe I was dating someone maybe I wasn't if I was like my mom said I definitely made sure people knew about it um so when I wasn't it would just kind of I would just like it would just be awkward just to be like no I'm not dating someone and then have people kind of shut down the conversation of like oh my gosh like what do we talk about now kind of thing and then it's like I had a job but I mean I worked at the mall like right. I would not I liked it but it was not my career by any means so you know to ask about my job again kind of a dead-end conversation starter and then right and those kind of questions make you feel like does this person even give a crap about me or not like they're just like trying to 
just say something to be nice. Whereas if you genuinely want to get to know someone, you're going to ask better questions. Yeah. Yes, that's true. If you're really caring about them, you would just try to get to know them, like you said. And, I mean, I get it might be, like, weird being like, oh, like, I could ask them, what book have you read recently? But, like, I don't know if they like to read, but, like, you could start with something that you, in your life, like, so, like, me, I like to read. So I could be like, oh, my gosh, I just read this amazing book. Maybe tell you about it, then be like, do you like to read? If they do then cool, you found something to talk about. If you don't, I don't think anyone's going to be like, that was weird. Yeah, Because it's better than, or, you know, they might feel more comfortable saying what they do like to do instead of me just, like, walking up to someone. Like, if someone's like, hey, are you dating someone? I'm like, no, but I just read a really good book. Like, that just sounds really awkward for me (laughs) to say. And I get all of these are, like, common questions. Like, Like, I mean, I just graduated, so... The common question I get is, like, what I majored in, and I'm happy to share it, but then it's, like, what do you want to do with that? And especially in this time, I feel like it's just there's more people that get degrees and don't do anything specifically that was, like, for their degree. And so I just think it's funny when older people come up to me and they're, like, oh, what do you do with an international studies degree? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, you can do anything (laughs) or nothing. Like, it's not a direct, like, I got my law degree, and that's easy for people. So I don't I just feel like it's a different time period than when maybe, like, people like my mom's age (laughs) grew up in. It's like you go to school and you get a job, and things might be a little more clear-cut. But I just feel like growing up in your 20s now, everything's kind of everywhere. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. I think you just need to leave room for people to figure out things and realize that's okay. And I feel like it's harder here just, again, because people will get married younger here. And there's maybe a little bit more of, like, signs of, like, success markers Mm -hmm. for people. And so... I get in my community, like, I feel like I'm the oddball out, thinking, like, I'm 22, and all of my friends that are 22, they're all married, and I'm not. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think my mom could handle another wedding right now. I for sure could not. (laughs) But I feel like people in Utah realize that we might be the, the oddballs out of the whole world. And yeah, so, but that but we live here, so that's what you're dealing with, and that's yeah. fine. So you kind of touched base on this a little bit with your your double ear piercing or whatever, and some people are going to hear this and think, what the crap? Like, that's insane. But we have a thing that, like, you should only get your ears pierced. It's not a commandment. It's just it's been in the, for the strength of youth pamphlet. Anyways, and some people are holding on strong to that. And – creating distance in their children with their children. And so I think, do you want to like hold on to something so much that your kids will not talk to you or they have to hide their double piercing from you because they're so ashamed or so worried that you're going to judge them and hate them? And so I just I just think we need to question those thoughts. Um, 
Another one are tattoos. I mean, I feel like the world is getting a tattoo right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, so what are some other things like stigmas like that we have that are like in our culture maybe considered wrong or you shouldn't do that your body's a temple um all these different thoughts that maybe are not creating you and your child to have a good connection and a relationship because you're so upset about them getting a tattoo or a piercing that you can't get over that. And it's like, really, like you love your child. I would rather have a child that is good. I know a lot of rotten people in the world that do not have tattoos or piercings. And so just because someone does do that does not equal they're going to start doing drugs or <laughs> whatever. Mom always goes to drugs. I know. I always go to drugs. <laughs> I'm like, please, no one do drugs. <laughs> But what what are some other stigmas that you wish would change? Um, I mean, since you brought up the first strength of youth, like I'll just say like that part is just so interesting to me because it was created. I think people forget it was created for the youth. That means like twelve to eighteen year olds, yes. and so I just think it's funny when people will quote the first strength of youth back to me. I mean, this is like extended family members. This is like people at church these are like friends and I'm thinking I'm not a youth that's not why it was made like right sometimes you need a little more guidance when you're in your junior high high school and then when you're an adult you get to choose I mean really they get to choose too but maybe have more I think yeah yeah because I feel like if I was gonna get a tattoo at 15 it would have been like Harry Styles or something like something I probably would have totally been a bad idea but now I feel like you're a little bit older I mean I feel like me at 18 and now to 22 only about a four or five year difference I'm just such a different person and so I feel like really the main takeaway you should just trust your kids or just trust young adults in general that that they know what they want and what they're doing and just to like maybe encourage your younger kids to become young adults that have personal authority and to like question things and think about what do I really want? What do I really believe? And again, don't, I don't know. Don't put what I believe and make you believe that you have to believe what I believe because you're your own person, right? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. I just think it's such an important, what Megan's saying is so important because, yeah, she's an adult. We have free agency. We are put on earth to have free agency. And as a parent, our job is to love. And doesn't mean we have to agree what our kids do. I'm sure there's going to be things that I don't agree with that our kids do. But that does not mean that I don't want to have a relationship with them. I don't want to love them. And we cause a lot of drama, I think, as parents, because then we, I think, worry it's a reflection on us. And that's not right because they're their own individual. They have their own brain, their own what they want to do. Yes. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything last words you want to say, Meg? No. Well, I don't know. I feel like if your child's going to be nervous to come home and see you after 
I don't know in my mind doing something as trivial as like getting a tattoo or a piercing or something that's really not affecting their life in a deep way or others' lives around them. Like I feel like that's just going to say more about you as a parent that you don't have that safe environment for your kids to come home and feel free of judgment from their mom or their dad. So true. And if you want to have a relationship, which I desperately want a relationship with all my kids, and I feel very blessed that I have an amazing relationship with all of my kids. So I'm going to continue that streak. But you have to have that. You have to let them be who they are going to be. You already taught them. You had 18 years to do that. And we can't go back and wish we would have done this or that. Because, of course, there's lots of things I'm like, dang, why did I do that? What was what was I thinking? But we have the opportunity to continue to be better and do better, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thanks so much, Meg. <laughs> it was so much fun to have you on. And I love, love having you hang out with me and be on my podcast. If you want more relationship tips, email me at jennifer at relationship411podcast.com so you can get on my email list. And also you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at relationship411podcast. I promise to give you the 411 about relationships so you don't have to call 911 for yours.